0: Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to celebrityqb.com.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. The day has finally arrived with the Super Bowl, and obviously you've got a matchup here between two teams that people have been talking about for two weeks now. So I'm going to provide my context of the game and where it's going to be. And no, it will not involve the Chinese year of the dog. So I'll spare you that uh, diatribe again of that some outlets have been going with. So, basic things to uh, I'll go over is uh, just in terms of terminology, so at least you can keep up with what I'm saying here. And it should help with your Super Bowl parties regardless, is uh, just a a breakdown of certain uh, aspects, I'll say. So, I'll say uh, personnel packages such as 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers. 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. And 21 personnel, which is two uh, running backs, a tight end, and two receivers. So, in terms of the teams themselves, you've got an interesting mix of styles, uh, uh, to say the least. Where the Patriots tend to be a mix of everything. Because the most popular offensive package that teams run in the NFL is 11 personnel. It's the predominant style. Most teams run this, on average, about... uh, Uh, 60% of the time in the NFL uh, on average uh, amongst teams. Uh, In terms of the Eagles, they run it slightly above 60%. uh, And for New England, they tend to deviate, as of course they do, uh, being around 45%, which is uh, among the lowest in the league. But again, in terms of uh, the 11 personnel, so you have uh, three wide receivers, It's a typical package that you see with most teams. Now, in terms of aspects you need to be looking at for this game, the Patriots as a whole, and one of the reasons why uh, they ranked a dead last in the NFL this year on defense, uh, is the fact that they were terrible against the run out of 11 personnel. And of course, since every team runs 11 personnel... Uh, you know you're gonna have uh, difficulty uh being high in defensive rankings if you can't stop runs out of eleven personnel. Uh, so in in that respect, this is a matchup where the Eagles have got to stick to their game plan and not get cute. So in terms of uh, the Pats, they've allowed over six yards carry uh, this season alone. To teams of running out of 11 personnel. And you're saying to yourself... Wait a second... If they give up that many yards running... Why don't teams run it more often? And you would say... That would be the smartest thing to do. But again... A lot of coaches have their different foibles... As to how they want to operate. So, they'll, uh, so of course that's just an, on average. So the big running plays... Obviously skew the numbers. But in terms of success ratio... Again teams have been more successful against New England out of 11% out of any other run package uh, you can come up with. Now going back to the playoffs, uh, which is where uh, you, you kind of saw uh, two teams that a Tennessee didn't have a right to be there, but you know it is what it is. they, they, they made it in uh, over the Chiefs and Jacksonville, uh, another team that are not traditional, 11 personnel uh, group. So uh, Tennessee ran 11 personnel at the least a number of times. So, so they ran under 40% on the year. Jacksonville was right uh, down near the bottom with them. Uh, they, they were only running it uh, 42% of the time. So that was uh, 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 the f- uh, fifth uh, fewest uh, in the league. Not teams that run for, uh, uh, standard offenses. So uh, unconventional, and so the Pats defense managed to kind of get by the fact that they had two matchups where the uh, personnels were better suited for what they like to do on defense in t- in terms of uh, their actual run stunts. So, uh, just looking at the uh, data uh, in the Jacksonville game, Jacksonville used non uh, 11 personnel on 67% of their runs with an average of three yards a carry. Now... Part of that was, uh, they uh, again, uh, Jacksonville being uh, their traditional offense would be a 12 formation uh, more often than not in terms of of running plays. Their passing plays, they run out of 11 personnel. Running plays tend to be out of 12 personnel, so they use the two tight end set with two wide receivers. That being the case, the Jags played mostly to what they usually did and only used four net in the first half out of eleven personnel, which tended to be their biggest running place. So uh, on the uh, plays Jacksonville ran out of eleven uh, personnel, they actually uh, were really successful uh, doing it. They averaged six and a half yards a carry uh, running out of that package uh, again versus the three yards a ca- per carry that they ran on the majority of their plays. It you know I know it's something that. I'm going to sound like I'm being a dead horse here, but teams typically get stubborn about what they want to do versus what they should be doing against the Pats. Now, the stats show that the Patriots have not allowed a run of 20 yards or more in the postseason and have limited opponents to three yards, three and a half yards of carry. Uh, You know, again, this is also being disguised by the fact that they played two teams that do not run 11 personnel, which is what they struggle with. New England likes to be able to line up the, uh, their defenders in a way where they're not stretched out. When you run out of 11 personnel and you got three wide receivers, you have to respect the fact that the team's going to be able to throw on you and that you, you're not going to be able to bring anyone down into the box necessarily. Otherwise, you uh, risk exposing yourself uh, down, uh, down the field. And New England is a team that prides itself on... Bend but don't break. They don't want to give up big plays. They would rather give up chunks of yardage rather than give uh, risk the chance of getting burned on a big play. So again, they're they're uh, they're willing to concede giving up chunks of yardage on the ground just to avoid having a big pass play happen on them. Now, when it comes to the Eagles, they're actually one of the most run heavy uh, teams from eleven personnel. So. Almost 60% of their total rushes on the year came out of uh, this formation. So the only teams that had a higher percentage of runs coming out of LEM personnel, uh, the Raiders with Marshawn Lynch and uh, the Rams with Gurley. We all know how explosive the Rams were with Gurley. The Raiders not as much, but even in the game against uh, the Raiders, the Raiders still ran for uh, chunks of yardage against the Pats. And Marshawn Lynch had his best game of the season against New England you know again that's not to say that it's going to translate again tonight for JJJ but you know when you look at the data the data tells you what the eagles need to be doing uh the game plan should be uh, relatively simple but again it's not something out of the realm of imagination that uh teams go against what they should be doing it's, uh, instead of uh, just wanting to operate on a way that they can show that they're smarter than Belichick, they're smarter than the Patriots, they can come up with something fancy. And, you know, it's not the first time we've seen teams deviate from common sense to prove that they're the smartest guy in the room. And I'm saying that directly referencing Pete Carroll, Dan Quinn, Andy Reid. And, of course, Mike Martz back in the first Super Bowl the Pats were in with Brady and Belichick. You know, it's the truth of the matter is, Bill Belichick ends up being the smartest guy in the room by not trying to uh, overcomplicate things. The Patriots do what they do well, and they stick to that game plan. So, you're not going to see as much deviation from the Pats coming into this game, in my opinion. I think the Pats are... Gonna be uh, focusing on uh, the little aspects that they do well with uh, underneath screens and using the two back sets uh, uh, with the running backs. But I'll I'll get into that in a bit. Uh, right now, I want to concentrate on a couple of matchups here that you should be taking a look at, though, uh, on the Eagles' uh, side of things. So, in terms of the Patriots themselves, uh, they tend to play a lot of man. Again. This is also to avoid uh, uh, having some of those big plays down the middle where you can have a zone and someone misreads uh, the zone and what their responsibility is. So uh, you're you're likely going to see a matchup between Alshon Jeffrey and Stefan Gilmore. Now, in terms of the last couple of games, uh, Jeffrey has been on fire uh, with Coles, which was the exact opposite in the regular season because you, you'd swear that... Foles did not know Alshon Jeffrey existed uh, uh, based on the fact that uh, Jeffrey had so few targets uh, uh, down the stretch of the season. But uh, as it stands, the Foles is 9 of 10 for 146 yards when targeting Jeffrey this postseason. Now, uh, with that in mind, I'm thinking that uh, you're going to see Malcolm Butler shift responsibilities quite a bit in this game just because he's the most uh, dynamic of the Patriots uh, defense back. So uh, from time to time, I expect to see Malcolm Butler on Torrey Smith, which would leave uh, Eric Rowe to have the matchup against Nelson Aguilar. Now, the reason why I say Butler's probably going to be uh, dynamic in this game is the fact that uh, outside of what uh, the Pats uh, typically... Do Rose more of a recent addition. And at times he's been the weak link in the defense, uh, especially playing the nickel. Uh, Aguilar should be a good matchup for the Eagles to try to exploit early on. And I would not be shocked if, uh, because, uh, w- one of the things uh, that was uh, suggested is that, uh, Butler would not play in the slot, but the, uh, because the data from, uh, uh I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, so uh, pro football focus had Butler only playing in uh, 91 snaps across the season out of the slot, uh, which basically is only about four or five plays a game. The reason why I think this could increase is the fact that, again, Belichick's known for his second half adjustments on defense. I would think that they uh, they allow Butler to play uh, Torrey Smith on the outside Uh, let Roe try to test the waters against Aguilar and see how the Eagles want to tackle them in the first half. And then if they see that the Eagles' uh, primary offensive uh, passing game plan is to try to exploit the uh, middle of the field using Aguilar and Ertz, then you start seeing Butler being placed in the slot to uh, try to offset that as part of the adjustment. Now, the other aspect that you have to kind of look at here is the fact that, again, Nick Foles is not what you would call a very dynamic uh, passer. So, in terms of what the Eagles are going to try to do, I see uh, more or less along the lines of uh, short intermediate throws. I don't see the Eagles taking that many deep throws. I think that's just a recipe for disaster. Not because they, they can't be successful, it's just the fact that the whole point of playing the patriots is to try to minimize the number of uh, chances new england has at driving down the field so quick scoring drives don't help you against new england dragging the game out and uh, slowing uh, uh, and, spe- and and slowing it down because of pass plays you know that's just not the way to go about it you want to have uh, more brisk moving games. You want to keep the chains moving. And that way, you limit those uh, possessions for New England as it comes along. As for the plan to stop the Patriots, hasn't really changed all that much. I mean, in terms of uh, the game plan, it's to get Brady off his spot with pressure up the middle. But the question is, why do teams struggle to do it consistently when everyone knows that's the game plan against New England? You know, one of the reasons being is the fact that the Pats have run 21 personnel more than any other team in the league uh, because of some of the issues that they've uh, uh, had with their offensive line not being as good as it's been in years past. So uh, they run uh, 21 personnel, 26% of their plays. That kind of keeps teams off balance uh, due to the fact that you're looking in the backfield to try to uh, determine uh, what the play call is is so it kind of throws teams off for that extra half second and all you need is that extra half second to actually execute plays i mean that's an eternity in football uh, uh, for the most part and you know with that it, it gives you a little bit of a greater sense of flexibility i mean in terms of other teams that do it uh, you've got uh, san francisco under kyle shanahan and uh, jimmy g uh they ran it 15% of the time. Uh, although it was up uh, to twenty four when he was in Atlanta last year with a more dynamic backfield of Freeman and Coleman, I actually think that number is going to jump for San Francisco next year now that they've got uh well they should have Jimmy G signed up for a, a full uh a full contract but that that's another ongoing situation but uh you know back to the point last year the Pats only ran twenty one personnel fifteen percent of the time. Uh, with uh, more plays being run out of 11 personnel at 54%. Now, why uh, there, uh, there was a bit of a change this year? You know, the roster changes. Uh, a, the, the line was better last year, so you had more reliability of running uh, 11 personnel because when you're running through wide receiver sets, you need to block and hold up. Uh, the other uh, reason being is that uh, Martellus Bennett was no longer on the roster, and so the Pats had less options to run the 22 personnel with the extra tight end, uh, so they only ran at six percent this year versus ten uh, percent last year, which is a huge difference. Uh, because the league average is only four uh, percent for twenty-two personnel, most teams don't really run it all that often, and the teams that do tend to be more running team, uh, running-based teams than even New England is. So, uh, you know, you get a l- you, you're starting to see what uh, where I'm getting at. Uh, New England tends to zig where others zag because of the fact that they they run schemes designed to throw teams off of what they typically like to do with their blitz packages. And it forces them to actually have to think if you can make a football player think that causes them to slow down just a hair. And that's all New England's looking for uh, for you to do. They're looking for you to uh, try to overthink the situation and allow them to make plays. And that's where uh, they uh, take full advantage of teams. So, This year, New England finished uh, the regular season uh, ranked third in rushing efficiency. Again, this takes pressure off of Brady. Uh, uh, But in terms of the postseason, they started switching it up a bit because they knew that eventually teams were going to try to load up on what they were doing uh, running the football. So that's why the Jacksonville game was a departure because, again, with Jacksonville's defense uh, being top ten since... Uh, They acquired Marcel Darius, uh, and they just had such an athletic uh, linebacking core. They just needed one run stopper like Darius to uh, make all the difference in the world. New England uh, had to uh, shift their game plan. So now uh, their running backs in the postseason have only run the ball 36 out of uh, 141 offensive plays. So, again, uh, even with that Tennessee blowout, they... uh, They still didn't run that many plays. They've only run 141 offensive plays, which is not that many. So, uh, really, the numbers are kind of skewed. So, New England's only had uh, running plays 25% of the time. I'm expecting this number to creep up tonight. So, although uh, Jim Schwartz's defense uh, with the Eagles has only allowed uh, a a league low 4 yards per carry, whether they were playing in nickel or dime packages which are typically uh, defenses you would use to stop passing teams, uh, I expect New England to try to keep running the football because uh, what the, uh, the Eagles are hoping New England does is just uh, play to what uh, they're uh, good at. They're good at running uh, plays underneath, uh, dropping passes off to the likes of uh, Deion Lewis, uh, James White, Rex Burkhead. They keep uh, moving the football that way. They're going to try to limit any big plays down the field with Cooks, and I don't think New England's necessarily going to try to take those shots, especially early on in the game. I think New England's just going to try to wear them down. I would say from the Eagles' standpoint, they need to avoid base defense as much as possible and stick to nickel and dime. Uh, Just to avoid the pass creating mismatches outside the hash marks, Malcolm Jenkins is... Most likely the candidate to get the honor of defending Gronk and probably uh, losing out in the process to Gronk just, you know, doing what he wants to do because he's Gronk. I mean, again, Malcolm Jenkins, very capable defender. I just don't see where you're doing much uh, to slow down Gronk other than trying to double-team him, which, again, opens up the rest of the field for the other uh, receivers on the Patriots. Uh, which is why I'm not a fan of the doubling Gronk strategy. Uh, teams do it, but it usually just leads to more mismatches. Again, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of like blitzing uh, uh, Brady. It, you know, why are you giving up a defender when you could just use that defender to make it harder for Brady to see an open receiver? So again, uh, I expect uh, a lot more in terms of the Eagles to stick with what they do best and that's playing dime and playing uh, nickel coverages and uh, using the athleticism of their linebackers to actually uh, stop the run uh, rather than uh, bringing up more guys up front at the line. So uh, the one area where I do think New England's going to have success with is the fact that I think Michael Jenkins is the weak link of that defense in terms of uh, just uh, pass coverage. So... Uh, From uh, the coverage aspect, I do think that they're going to try to isolate uh, Jenkins uh, on key downs. Not necessarily uh, abuse it and just uh, keep going after him, play after play. But I definitely see on short yardage situations, they're going to be looking uh, at Jenkins to uh, target uh, for uh, whether it's going to be putting the back on him. Whether they're going to use Cooks or Amendola. Uh, They're going to try to overload uh, the side that Jenkins is on. And, and pick on his uh, uh, receiver uh, just to go after him uh, when they need to get uh, get a first down. So uh, Jenkins, uh, you know, he's going to get a number of targets his way, and he's struggled in man's uh, coverage, especially against running backs throughout the season. So I expect the Pats to uh, take advantage there. Now, in terms of the names that have to come up big for the Eagles, you know, it comes down to the front. Uh, I mean, you're looking at Chris Long, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, uh, Derek Barnett, Vinnie Curry, those guys have to put pressure on Brady. There, there's no getting around it, and they can't avoid blitzing. Uh, I mean, Schwartz really has one option. He's got to play tight man coverage and force Brady to hold on to the uh, ball and hope that his pass rush uh, can uh, get the job done, uh, knock him down, hurry, hurry to throw. Uh, you're not going to see too many sacks uh, on Brady. But you can't get uh, uh, him to hurry, to, uh, hurry to throw because he's he's quick to release the ball. So if you can, you can get in his face at least, that's going to disrupt the timing out of, of his route. So that's where you need to uh, focus on Try to uh, try to get a big hit on Brady. You know, it's just a recipe of getting yourself caught for a big pass play down uh, the field. Also, when you uh, teams try to get overly aggressive against Brady. That's when it goes to the hard county to get gets those free plays uh, that he can just chuck it down the field and try to get a pass interference call or have uh, cooks run underneath the football if uh, the defender uh, was caught napping. You know those are the situations you should try to avoid. The blitz doesn't uh, doesn't help uh, against uh, the Pats just because Brady's seen he's seen pretty much every coverage. You're not going to uh, fool him on the blitz. Uh, Uh, blitzing uh, down, so that's one of the reasons why Pittsburgh struggles so much, because Pittsburgh can't help themselves but to blitz, and uh, Brady always seems to pick them apart for it every time. Now, as I kind of wind this down, because I don't want to overly inundate you with stats and figures on this one, so I'm trying to keep, uh, uh, keep it on the short side for this edition of the podcast, and we'll do... A bit of a a pregame show uh, uh, a bit later today with uh, the props and all the fun aspects of the Super Bowl. Uh, When it comes down to my individual pick here, you know, the line kept fluctuating. You had New England start out minus five and a half uh, as the favorite. It went down all the way to three. It's uh, bouncing back up to four with the Sharps coming in on New England. Uh, The general public's on Philly as the underdog here. You know, the troublesome part about making the pick uh, for this game is the fact that both teams have had clunkers and survived those games. Philly had the Atlanta game that they should have lost if not for Atlanta's continued insistence on shooting themselves in the foot uh, with play calling. Uh, The Pats should have lost last week against Jacksonville uh, if it wasn't for the fact that Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles and the fact that... You know, from the standpoint of the Jags, they went to what they usually do in the regular season instead of what was working. They went way too conservative, stuck with that 12 formation until bit them in the ass instead of going with the 11 11 personnel and actually uh, kind of catching New England off guard. Because uh, New England was uh, hip to what Jacksonville was doing on every single pass play. They needed to uh, switch it up with three wide receiver sets and run out of it a bit more with shotgun uh, in the fourth quarter, but that's neither here nor there. I expect the Eagles to learn from that mistake. I expect a uh, healthy diet of J.J. running the football. I'm not sold on Nick Foles throwing a ton of passes tonight. I think if Nick Foles is getting over uh, 30 uh, pass attempts today, that's that's more of a sign that Philly's getting out of rhythm on offense. I. I you know, I want to stress that it's not that I'm picking on Nick Foles because, you know, again, I'm not a big fan of Nick Foles, but he's been passable enough in the playoffs and he hasn't ultimately killed his team yet. It's just he hasn't done anything wholly impressive. If the Eagles try to outsmart themselves and build a game plan around Nick Foles creating big plays in a passing game, that's a recipe for disaster. You use the running game to get yourself in a good spot you hope that you can get maybe a big play uh, at some point in the game if you if you call a a, a a clever RPO play with the run pass option and you catch it, in New England a bit off balance, maybe you break one down the field. But again, that should not be your focus. Your focus should be on keeping Nick Foles under thirty passing attempts for the game. You know, if he throws for two hundred yards, great. If not, it's not the end of the world. You need to focus on limiting the number of plays uh, Brady and the Pats can do on offense. And that requires a healthy diet of JJ, uh, running even when it's uh, third down. you got to try to move the chains and keep it out of their hands. Plus, you're going to need LeGarrette Blunt in this game too uh, for certain uh, situations. Even though he's uh, limited in terms of uh, uh, some, some of the plays he can operate out of, again, New England has struggled out of the eleven personnel. you, you try to throw them a, for a little bit of a loop because again, uh, Blunt tends to be more of a 12 personnel uh, type of guy, uh, but uh you know i I look at this and I'm saying, you know, this is a game where doing what you do best is literally the best situation for the Eagles at at this point. Uh, They uh, run an inordinate amount of running plays out of 11 personnel. That's what they need to stick to if they want to be serious about winning this football game. So, I look at this and I'm saying, you know what? The line being four, that leads you more to uh, saying that the Eagles have a chance to actually cover this game. Because New England typically does not run from any of their opponents. I mean, the largest margin of victory was six last year because it went into overtime uh, when James White scored a touchdown, so that ended the game. But, you know, realistically, the Pats play tight games. So, uh, with the line being at four, you know, you kind of look at this, and I'm I'm, I'm saying uh, this trepidly, is the fact that, you know, I still think New England wins this game. The issue being is that I see it more coming along the lines of, it takes something from the Eagles to screw up in order for the Pats to cover this convincingly. I'm going to err on the side of caution that maybe the Eagles have learned something from the other teams that have played New England in the Super Bowl and won't try to deviate from what works for them. I'm going to try to use some optimism. History shows, however, that teams typically shoot themselves in the foot by getting cute against the Pats, and that's what cost them the game. So, again, if you see the Eagles doing something that looks cute or you're seeing them run uh, different formations other than uh, the standard, what I've talked about, three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end, and they're trying to go with big jumbo packages uh, in critical situations, you know the Eagles are deviating from the game plan, and that's not something that they can afford to do they need to stick with what works and that's what they've been doing all year you know trying to reinvent the wheel at this stage is only going to hurt them uh in the long run it's not going to do anything to drastically throw new england for a loop that they're not going to be able to figure things out uh, by the second half i think the eagles need to keep this thing close keep the chains moving keep the clock moving most importantly and limit the number of drives in this game. Because if you're, if you're getting upwards of 80 plays uh, on offense for New England, that's a recipe for disaster uh, for the Eagles' defense. New England's going to run, hurry up, and they're going to try to grind down Philly's defense. And they will tire in the second half if Philly gives them too many possessions in the first half. Uh, New England's only going to get stronger defensively as the game goes along. So you've got to take advantage of the opportunities you have early and use the clock to wind the game down. Uh, One of the biggest things the Giants did in their Super Bowls is the fact that the first halves, you you know, you look at those games, and the first halves went by fast. Uh, There weren't that many possessions, and that's what you have to do against New England. you got to make sure uh, your defense stays fresh for the second half because that's where New England really uh, turns up the juice. So, again, uh, you're looking at a game here where if... Philly can, uh, can, you know, look past the hype, uh, not get caught up in a moment. They can execute to keep this game where, yeah, if it's, uh, if the game spread is four, they can cover. If, uh, they're, uh, if people are looking for, uh, to pick Philly outright to win this game, I really wouldn't uh, suggest that. I, I think that's, uh, I think that's asking a bit too much, but I do think that, uh, you know, outside of uh, a couple of plays here, I, I think New England uh, should take this one. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with the score of 24-20, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Philly was able to maybe kick, uh, uh, kick a field goal in the fourth quarter to maybe make it a 24-23 type of game. I, you know, I look at this as a situation where Philly will have opportunities to stay in this game. It's just a matter of, because New England's not going to try to blow you out. Their their their, their strategy, and it's, it's a solid strategy, their strategy is to wear you down and then play clock control. So they're not going to look to hit you with a home run play just for the sake of hitting a home run play on you. It's a very uh, methodical approach that they take to it. So, uh, you know, in terms of uh, what I've seen from the Eagles, Again, this is the same team that's been shredded by the depleted Giants offense that only had a tight end and one NFL caliber starting wide receiver. So I know the Pats picked up some things from there. So, again, I know there are people saying that no one's going to roll here. I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I just look at this and I'm saying that the Eagles have the advantage on both the offensive and defensive line matchups, uh, even though, uh, obviously, the quarterback... Uh, uh, disparity is one of the most drastic you'll ever see in Super Bowl history you know the Eagles can manage to make enough uh, quality plays because again uh, the Patriots have been suffering from the loss of Rob Ninkovich the entire year they struggle to get off the field unless they force a turnover I mean that's why the turnover differential for New England's defense uh, uh, bailed them out of, out of a couple of games because they're fifth in causing turnovers even though they're last in actual overall defense from a yardage standpoint. So, again, as long as the Eagles can stay out of their own way and not be careless uh, with the football, they've got a chance here uh, to keep it close. If Philly starts making mistakes, then yeah, New England's going to put it on them uh, and pull away late because that defense will get tired if you allow New England to keep running uh, plays and you give them uh, more possessions than they should. So... Again, uh, this one stays close. I'm, I'm going to go with New England 24-20. Uh, you know, it'll be a push, but uh, I, I think that's uh, uh, where it, it ends up uh, going based off of the current line. Uh, but Philly keeps us close, so it should be an entertaining Super Bowl at least. Uh, we'll see what the actual uh, uh, numbers play out to be. Uh, we'll do a little bit more on Super Bowl later on with... Uh, A bit more of a pregame, but at least now uh, you get my full analysis uh, of the game. So uh, that's all for now, folks, and uh, enjoy the game.
0: talked about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought-after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss the game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Wise and co-host Steve Stroud on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position.